Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Hello there. Thanks for joining us on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, and we're bringing you 50 minutes of English language features. If you're joining us on Facebook Live, it's um, let's see, what's the day today? Today is the uh, 26th. Right, October 26th is a Tuesday. But if you're joining us on radio, it would be uh, Wednesday, October 27th. But um, in up ahead in our today's program, we have uh, Chester Classics which actually is hosted by Emma herself. Yeah, it's a good um, episode. Check it out. That is right. But first, we're going to begin with Here in Taiwan. Today is October 26th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm joined in the studio by... Emma Banak. Hey oh, guys. I should have said that. Oh, <laughs> by Emma Banak, and then you say hi, right? <laughs> okay. So today we're looking at a couple of um, interesting stories here. Well, first of all, uh, a couple of stories having to do with vaccines. Now, Medigen, which is uh, one of the uh, Taiwan-produced uh, vaccines, is not being recognized on the U.S. list of vaccines if you were to enter the U.S., but we'll find out more details about that later. Uh, on the other hand, though, Vietnam recognizes Medigen. That's great to know. So uh, Taiwan is also looking into whether there are going to be enough like quarantine facilities during Chinese New Year, which is coming up uh, like early February next year. And um, yeah, I, I think there are some new regulations, which I think my daughter is happy about because she's in Shanghai and she oh. wants to come back for Chinese New Year. But anyway, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll come verify that with you later from mm -hmm. your story. Yeah, and then also about first ever Taipei Buskers Festival that already took place this past weekend. But we're going to be talking about that too in just a moment. Stay on. All right, Emma, fill us in about all these vaccine stories and regulations and whatnot that we need to know. I mean, you know, regulations just keep changing, restrictions and keep changing and, you know, all these laws and everything, what's allowed and what's not. It's always good to know about these things, you know, especially um, you know, for you guys, foreigners, I think, living in Taiwan, I think. Yeah, yeah. so this new act that's passed in the U.S., so it's not a part of Taiwan's laws, but right. it does affect people in Taiwan. And so basically, the White House announced that starting from November 8th, anyone who's not a citizen and not permanently immigrating to the U.S., so just like general travelers, if they want to enter the U.S., they must be fully vaccinated, but not just with any vaccine. It has to specifically be um, one of the vaccines that has been approved by either the that has to be approved by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S., and also the World Health Organization. Okay. So okay. what's important to know about this is that this includes uh, this includes Pfizer and BioNTech, or it's called BNT more commonly in Taiwan. Yeah. Moderna, uh, Johnson and Johnson, and then also. The WHO has provided emergency use listing for AstraZeneca, Sinopharm, and Sinovac. So if you've received any of those three vaccines and you're fully vaccinated, so when they say fully vaccinated, I'm assuming they mean you've received 
both doses. Although I believe yeah. with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, apparently you just need one shot yeah, to be fully yeah. vaccinated. So you need to have one of those. And the kind of unfortunate thing about that, especially as Taiwan has really been trying to uh, promote its vaccine, is that Taiwan's uh, Taiwan's Medigen vaccine is not on this list. So mm. if you've been fully vaccinated with Medigen and you're not a citizen of the U.S. and you're not permanently immigrating there, then you will not be allowed to enter Taiwan, which was not the case you mean, previously. Enter the U.S. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> enter the U.S., uh-huh. um, which was not the case previously. Um, before that, there was a travel ban imposed on 33 different countries um, like China, India, the U.K., uh, in addition to some other countries. Into the U.S.? Into the U.S., uh-huh. exactly. And this was enacted when Trump was president. But these new requirements apply to all countries. And as of right now, uh, citizens of Taiwan can enter the U.S. regardless of whether they've received these specific vaccines. But starting from November 8th, that will no longer be the case. Oh, okay. Okay. So, wow. I mean, I don't think that Taiwan should lose hope entirely. I mean, first of all, there are a lot of people in Taiwan who have received the vaccines that are on that list, especially now that um, the BNT vaccines are rolling in on a very consistent basis. Like, I was very excited this past weekend when I got a text from... Uh, I guess Chen Shizhong himself. I wish, not exactly. <laughs> the health minister. The health minister. Uh, in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, and just saying that I could finally register for an appointment to get my BNT, or in other parts of the world, it's known as the Pfizer vaccine. I think yeah. if I said BNT to my family, they wouldn't really they know wouldn't what know. I was talking about. I think times people have a problem saying beyond tech, you know, they, yeah. they just think BNT is easier, so that's why. So if you ever hear it, you know that it meant beyond tech, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Wow, so, yeah. that's exciting. I am very excited about that. I mean, you've been that. waiting for so long. You know, that goes to say that we're still really low on supply of vaccines. That's why. Mm-hmm. Sorry, foreigners kind of take a while to get their vaccines <laughs> here in Taiwan. But, you know, I kind of wish that the U.S. would do something like Palau. Because now Palau and Taiwan, we have a trouble bubble where... Palau is, um, you know, is allowing Taiwanese travelers to Taiwan, uh, to Palau, even if they just have one vaccine or none, I think, and, and to go there and actually travel, you know, get a tour and get a vaccine there, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. and get vaccinated there. So, well, I kind of wish the U.S. can do that. I mean, it, we hear so much about all the convenience of getting vaccinated in the States. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. you just drive up. You can go into any convenience store. Like, any no convenience store. appointment My necessary. gosh, convenience store. Can you imagine that? Getting oh a vaccine God. from a convenience store yeah. and just drive. You don't have to get out of your car and get just get vaccinated and then buy. You're, you know, you're on your on the road. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, this is just amazing. And also like pharmacies in. So it's like convenience stores, pharmacies. And what are the drive ups? I mean, well, I think like when I say convenience stores, the thing that I think is kind of different about in the U.S. is oh. a lot of our like special convenience, like our main brand convenience stores. They have a pharmacy in the in the. Back. Oh, oh, oh! So we're talking about the pharmacy within the convenience stores. Okay, got it. Got yeah. it. Like I, those, I've uh... like never really been in Seven Elevens in the U.S., but somehow I don't see like anyone who's not. <laughs> a medical professional giving you a vaccine. I don't know who would be signing up for that. But in the U.S., a lot of like mainstream convenience stores, which they kind of are not exactly the same as, you know, your 7-Eleven family and mark convenience stores here. 
Um, they usually have a pharmacy in the back where you can pick up medicine, and then they usually there's usually also a pharmacist there who I guess can also give you a vaccine. I got a flu vaccine from like a convenience store pharmacy before in, in the, the U.S. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, but you know I still think that Taiwan's convenience stores has to be above all other convenience stores around the world because you can do tons of things at convenience stores here in Taiwan. We are talking about, you know, buying, you know, plane tickets. No, not pick up. No, not plane tickets. Sorry, but high speed <laughs> rail tickets. Yeah, you can I've pick done up your that. high speed rail tickets. You can pay your credit card bills. You can, um, gosh, help print me out. things out. Yeah, print things out. So you can order like these pre uh, pre packaged food. You, you know, can like ship especially things. around. You can ship things. You know, and and you, I mean, basically, you can make all three meals in convenience store because they've got all kinds of heat up foods and mm -hmm. and whatnot, sandwiches and things like that, which. I probably I assume that you probably do in the Seven Eleven, but in your place. But the thing is that the Seven Eleven here, I mean, offers all kinds of services, but but less. Um, I mean, short of giving vaccines. Yeah, I mean, and I don't see that happening though. <laughs> the next big thing. Uh, I already feel though that the workers at Seven Eleven have to I know. have enough things on their plate. I was with just gonna say making drinks and then also running the brewed coffee. Yeah. You know, they are so yeah. I, I feel sorry for them, actually. I hope they pay well. <laughs> I mean, I think it must be something pretty good to put on your resume, all the different skills that you learn working at a 7-Eleven. Right. But wow. uh, okay. yeah, I would be pretty overwhelmed. But they usually seem like pretty pretty in control. So mm. props okay. to them. <laughs> well, on the other hand, though, Vietnam recognizes Medigen, Taiwan's vaccine, which is great. And what does that mean? Well, actually, so it's they, they are considering recognizing. Oh, they're considering. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so they're considering recognizing it, and if it's recognized by Vietnam, that would allow passengers who have gotten the have gotten the Medigen vaccine and are fully vaccinated to have a shorter quarantine okay. when they enter Vietnam. Oh, how much shorter? Um, they don't say exactly because they still like they're considering whether or not okay. they're even going to accept the vaccine. So when are they going to make the decision? Um, Does it say? They're, they're not entirely sure they're yet. They're thinking but. about it. Oh. So the thing is, Taiwan is currently on a list that Vietnam says that they would accept a vaccine passport from 72 different countries and regions. And it's which like because Taiwan and Vietnam have pretty good relations between each other. So mm. I think it's pretty hopeful that Vietnam would accept a vaccine from Taiwan. I think that. Okay. I think I think it seems like it is in the process of things. It's likely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Have you ever been to Vietnam? No, I would love to go. I, I really was would planning go. on going last March, I think. Oh, you were? Oh, it really? was like right before things got like March of 2020, not Okay, okay. And my friends from the U.S. were supposed to visit me that week. And then they were like, mm, I don't know about going to Asia. Like at that point, things hadn't really gotten out of control in the U.S. yet. So it was like, yeah. okay, like maybe we shouldn't go to Asia. And then I was like, okay, I guess like I'm going to. I remember trying to go to the Philippines to visit my friends there. Yeah. And then they had like shut their borders to Taiwan at that oh. point. And then Vietnam was still open. So I was like, okay, I'm going to maybe try going there. Uh -huh. And then I think that was right as Taiwan was about to be saying like, oh, if you come from Vietnam or a different country, you have to quarantine for oh. two weeks. And I, I was a student at the time and I couldn't do that. So 
Well, I can't wait to visit Vietnam. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, so many countries have been so friendly to us, like mm-hmm. Lithuania, you know, and Poland. They all, you know, um, donated vaccines yeah. to us. And also Slovakia, I think. Mm-hmm. And the United States, of course, and Japan. Um, but I've been, you know, I've lived in Japan. I mean, uh, yeah, in Japan and the U.S., but now it's like, you know, I, I love traveling. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I, you know, once the borders open and we're all free to travel. But I've realized that I've got some new destinations now, like <laughs> Poland, maybe, you know, and Tomasz, our oh, newest yeah, uh, addition true. to RTI English service, is from Poland. If and he doesn't then, arrange for them to roll out the red carpet when he re-arrives, I'll be very <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> I know. He can be our tour guide, exactly. you know, arrange a, a trip for us or mm-hmm. something for the English service. And then there's Lithuania. I never thought about going, but now I want to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, all these places that are so friendly to us now. Yeah, I, I imagine myself like, you know, having a totally different itinerary planned uh, for traveling abroad because I love traveling so much. But anyway, it's so good to hear. So I hope that Vietnam, that you will decide on yes to Medigen. Okay. And um, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I wanted to add, we actually have a couple notes from some yes, listeners. Yes, I'm just going to say, do you have any comments? Them? Yeah, yeah exactly. So... We have Douglas North saying hi hey, to us. Hi, uh, Daniel Picado, Christine Feline. Uh, if I'm saying any of your names wrong, I'm trying my best. Um, <laughs> we have Habib Yurreman Sehal from Pakistan. Yay! Hi. And we have Nazira C saying hi. Hello. Um, he mentioned that we're early today. That's right. So if you're listening, tuning in right now, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to be broadcasting here in Taiwan live over Facebook. Usually around somewhere around 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Taiwan time. Exactly. Um, So that more people can join us, right? And it's a better time. You know, we don't, you know, we feel bad about catching you guys like really, really late at night and that kind of thing. So hopefully more people would feel better about this time slot. Mm Mm-hmm. Douglas North says that he would love to visit a Taiwanese 7-Eleven, that they sound amazing. (laughs) I completely agree with you. Um, sometimes I prefer going to a family mart. Sometimes I prefer going to a 7-Eleven, even though they're basically the same. Um, the only thing I do like is in family mart, they have these sweet potatoes that are like more roasted. Oh, yeah. Whereas in, I feel like in... Ready to eat. Yeah. Um, they're really yummy. I know. You know, can you believe it? In my neighborhood, I've got one, two, one, two, two, three, three 7-Elevens and one, two, three, three family marts. It's amazing. Just in the same neighborhood within like, oh, I mean, less than five minute walking distance. My yeah, gosh. It's kind of a fun game to play. Like <laughs> how many can you see within like walking one minute or that you can even see within the standing in the same spot. Like sometimes you can stand in one spot and if you turn in a circle, you'll see a family mart and like two 7-Elevens across the street from each other. You like, know, people are getting so lazy because um, you, sometimes you don't even have to cross the street to get to the 7-Eleven on the, op- the other side. There'll yeah. be one on your side of the street. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, wow. Well, thanks so much for joining us and just stay on. We've got a couple more sto- interesting stories here. Next up, let's talk about... Chinese New Year's and about, you know, um, quarantine facilities. I think they're afraid, the government is afraid that there's gonna, not going to be enough of these quarantine facilities during Chinese New Year because a lot of people would want to travel home for Chinese New Year. It's like one of the major holidays that Chinese-speaking communities always get together with their families. You know, it's it's a great excuse for family reun- reunions. And so now they're, um, um, so I don't know, I, I guess are they, uh, are they saying that they're concerned and then they're going to like, kind of loosen restrictions in some way or another to accommodate that? Well, the thing is that 
for the last Chinese New Year, um, more than 31,000 people expected. Uh, there was like about 31,000 people that returned. I guess that was, yeah, earlier this year. We're still in, yeah. we're still in 2021. Right. But next year, uh, they're expecting that that might be even higher, considering a lot more people have had access to vaccines at yeah, this point. Yeah, makes sense. And so a lot of people also haven't seen their families in a long time. Mm. And currently... Taiwan has 33,000 quarantine rooms. So that's like maybe not even 2,000 mm -mm. more than what they had to include for last year. And considering that we think there's going to be even more people, yeah. that's just not enough. So basically, um, people are worried that their family members are not going to be able to quarantine in Taiwan. Um, so people have been saying, well, can't you increase the number of quarantine hotels and the number of spots that are available? And um, Chen Shijong, the health minister in Taiwan, he says this is kind of difficult to do, actually. It's not as simple as just saying, OK, we're going to move more hotels to like accept these quarantine visitors because um, a lot of uh, hotels are now their businesses are doing a lot better because domestic travel has boomed more in Taiwan, mm -hmm. probably partially because two more people have been getting vaccinated. The the uh, local case count has been super low recently. And then also, um, just in general, they've been handing out those vouchers to encourage people right, to spending more vouchers. money, the stimulus vouchers. So people have been traveling more within Taiwan. So whereas earlier, like during the summer when there was a huge spike in COVID cases, these hotels weren't seeing a lot of domestic travel. So for them to accept uh I don't know, standing in as a quarantine hotel, at least they were guaranteed to have more business. But now um, they've only seen about 53 to 50. They've only gotten 53 to 50 percent capacity in September and October. So if they commit to being a quarantine hotel for the Lunar New Year, like maybe they would still see a hit in business compared to if they were opened up to all domestic travel. Oh, okay. Now, um, sorry, I got distracted by this beep just now because mm -hmm. I got a message on the, on the computer, but um, I, I don't suppose you were taught, uh, did you mention about, and maybe you don't have the answer, because my daughter, who the one who lives in Shanghai, he she just uh, messaged me this morning about a, a, a news story that she read and she was trying to confirm whether it's it's true or not is that because of possible short you know on uh quarantine facilities hotel rooms uh over the chinese new year that they're allowing um for people coming back to taiwan to be quarantined at home as long as all the other family members in the family are fully quarantined i mean fully vaccinated Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Now, you don't have that, right? So yeah. I am going to find out. But you just reminded me, you know, I've got to find that out for my daughter. I mean, if that is true, I mean, that's great. Mm -hmm. Because she, first of all, she really wouldn't want to be in quarantine in the hotel all by herself. You know, she's just afraid yeah. of being alone. You know, I, I wouldn't want I can't to do, do that either. either. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to find out about that. Maybe if that is true, then that's totally awesome. Because pretty much all my, all, all my family members are quarantined. I mean, uh, I keep saying quarantine. I meant vaccinated, fully vaccinated mm -hmm. so far. Yeah, except for my son, but he should be getting his soon. So, wow. I mean, that's that's wonderful. So, um, all right. All right. So apparently Taipei held its first ever Taipei Buskers Festival just this past weekend. Yeah, we kind of just missed it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the news kind of a little late. 
but I would have wanted to be there. So, um, so buskers are just any kind of street performers? Yes, yes. Uh, we're talking about like, you know, artwork, music, comedy, clown shows, acrobatics, handicraft, you name it. And so they had like over 90 performance groups and artists at the, at the festival. And um, there were 36 performance groups and 60 artists mm-hmm. showcasing their wide range of performances and whatever. And, and so it was performed at five different performance areas uh, over the weekend at the Taipei Songshan Cultural and Creative Park, which is a huge place. And, you know, there are many different buildings and also like little, you know, grass areas and even like a lake, I think there was, mm-hmm. a pond rather, and, and so different buildings. But um, it would have been nice to go. I mean, you know, kind of missed that. But basically, Jian Zhi Chen, who is a subdivision chief at Taipei's Department of Cultural Affairs, told a central news agency that uh, the event was organized by her department to promote and showcase the works of the city's street performance in a lively festival atmosphere. So this is the first of, I'm, I'm sure, many more to come. And it doubles as a celebration because this year Taipei changed its requirements for street performers to register by submitting paperwork instead of having to pass exams, which I think it's great. Because you know what? Um, I remember one time... Uh, um, there's a singer who's cousin, um, and she has a disability. She's in a wheelchair, but she's a great singer. Mm-hmm. And she actually asked my husband and a couple of other music- musicians to, you know, uh, accompany her to the exams. And if they pass, then they get a get get a um, if they pass, if they got a pass mm-hmm. <laughs> to you know perform in the street legally. And um, I think didn't make it, but anyway. But um, that was really. So your husband went to perform with her. Yeah, he. I think he he accompanied on the uh, ukulele. Oh, My husband that's so used cool. to be a used to be a ukulele instructor. You know, oh. so yeah. So that was really interesting. And I remember um, following this singer and uh, this guy, and he was always covering all these um, Western songs, I think, and in 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 Chinese songs too. And I really think he's great. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were, and, and you know, I host a music program, and I would walk up to him when I see him on the streets performing. I walk up and I say, you know, I'm from such and such radio station, and you know, I want to interview you. When can you, can you be interviewed? And he said, Well, wait until I get my album out. And and then over time, I would see him either at Xin District, and then another time at Danshui, you know, mm-hmm. right by the ocean. And I mean, he was everywhere. But um, I yeah, I, I I lost track of him now. You know, and I think. Street performers really have a hard time. They have a, a tough time, you know, trying to trying to let their talents be be um, be recognized and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's really tough on them. But um, basically, now um, um, you know, and also for the fact that you know, because of the COVID, um, they hadn't been able to perform quite a few months, and so like one of the um, performers, um, he was saying that he hadn't performed like four months. And then he only had had three weeks to practice before this festival. Oh, mm-hmm. but still, you know, they'll jump at this opportunity, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, any any chance to get good publicity? I know. Unfortunately, though, it rained over the weekend. Remember? Uh, I actually so, I was in Tain, sunny Tainan this weekend. Oh, so you were? <laughs> I missed out on the rain. Yeah, Emma moved up here to Taipei from Tainan, where she had lived like three, three like three yeah, years. Three years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah, so I think that's great. So we know that they're going to be having this annual, um, you know, uh, Buskers Festival, and we can look forward to that from now on. Yeah. And I hope that all the performers can take advantage of that and really have a great time. You know, it was just, uh, I think, 
I think it gives these performers another opportunity to make a living, mm-hmm. and 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 actually to know that if um, you know they've got all these groups like really backing them up, I think they have a better chance of being recognized and being appreciated, and maybe even become professionals. Right? Yeah, and hopefully, if all of those travelers end up getting able to come to Taiwan to celebrate the Lunar New Year, they'll also get to enjoy seeing these buskers perform then as well. That is right. Well, that's it today for here in Taiwan. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm Emma Banak. And stay tuned because you're going to be hearing Emma again in Just the Classics. Oh yeah.
Hello, hello. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. I'm Emma Benack, and this is the show Just the Classics. Now, this is possibly the last episode of Just the Classics, so you are in for a treat. After hearing that first song, you might be thinking, is this really Just the Classics? This sounds a lot more modern than what we usually hear on this program. Now, I feel like the word classics can be kind of open to interpretation. The artist that we're going to hear from today is actually from the 90s, which is pretty crazy, but 1990 is over 30 years ago. This artist is Tarsi Su, that's Tarsi, not Tracy, and her Chinese name is Su Huilun. And yeah, she was popular in the 1990s, and she's not only a Taiwanese singer, but also an actress. Her first album was released in 1990 when she was 20 years old. I remember when I was 20 years old, definitely not releasing albums like she was. And her albums were mostly in Mandarin, although she did have a couple that were in Cantonese, which is pretty cool. The songs that we'll be listening to today, however, will all be in Mandarin. So for those of you Chinese students out there, this is a great time to practice your listening skills. From her first album released in 1990, she immediately became a success. Her most popular album was called Lemon Tree, and I'm going to be playing the song from that album called Lemon Tree in a little bit. But first, I just want to talk a little bit about the song that I opened with, which is by her, and it is called Qi Wen San Shi Qi Du De Xia Xiang, which roughly means daydreaming about 37 degree weather. Now, I'm from the U.S., so I'm not exactly sure what 37 degrees is around. I'm pretty sure it's close to 100 degrees in Fahrenheit, 37 degrees Celsius. Normally, I wouldn't be daydreaming about that sort of weather, but here in Taipei, the weather is definitely starting to take a bit of a cold turn, so who knows, maybe I'll be daydreaming about hot summer days soon. Now, the next song that I'm going to play, like I said, is Lemon Tree. I really like this song because I think it has a nice bouncing sound in the beginning, like alternating sounds and beats are kind of catchy in my opinion. And Tarsi Su talks about how she doesn't understand herself, but she does understand that she loves her partner more and more every day. I'm going to be honest, I'm not exactly sure if I understand the whole metaphor of how a lemon tree relates to all of this. She says it in English. She says, oh, like, what I should lemon tree, like, my love is a lemon tree. I don't know. I don't know if that relates to the whole idea of when life gives you lemons, make lemonade or whatever. But regardless of whether or not I understand what the title is referring to, I do understand that this is a great song. So check it out. Tree. 
Lemon Tree. Now, what's interesting about that song is it actually wasn't even written by Tarsi Sue. It was a song by a German band called Fool's Garden, and it was released as a single in November 1995 and became an international hit the following year. So the German version became an international hit, and then as you can tell, it was translated into Chinese, and Tarsi Sue also made a version in Cantonese. Another artist also did a version of this song in Korean. So, definitely made quite an international impact. Although the peak of her singing career ended quite a while ago, Tarsi has come forward to talk about the types of stress that she endured while she was a major pop star. She talked about how it didn't just affect her emotionally, but also physically, and how she felt like a robot and couldn't think, and even at some points felt physically paralyzed from the stress. Still, Sue kept performing for many years. The next song I'm going to play is called Bei Dong, which means to be moved. And the lyrics talk about how、um, you're more and more moved like emotionally the longer that you love someone, even if you haven't been in contact with them for a long time. So, you know, even if you drift apart from someone, as long as you have feelings towards them, in her experience, it's hard for these feelings to just fade away over time. And instead, the relationship deepens. I really like how this song has a warm sort of opening with the guitar, and you'll hear a little later on that the guitar drops out for a singing solo towards the end, and I think that's also a pretty nice touch. Alright, l so here it is Bei Dong. I'm not afraid. 
Tarsi Sue is that she is now a mother. She had a little baby boy in 2015. And in 2019, once her son started attending school, that's when Tarsi decided that she was going to try to make a comeback in the music industry. This next song I'm going to play is still from her earlier career, but I think it's pretty nice. It has a nice piano intro, and this song is called Anhe. <laughs> 
show at the Taipei Music Center, becoming the first to hold a large solo concert at that venue. Sue's career has spanned over three decades since 1990, and I'm going to close you out with one more of her songs called Lian Lian Jian Yan, or The Truth About Love. It's a softer love ballad and talks about how sometimes we try to fall in love with someone because we're trying to forget about a previous love, and how you might even still dream of that last boyfriend or girlfriend while you're dating somebody else. But through the course of love, Tracy sings that she's eventually moved by this new love and forgets about the other person, and she doesn't know how she was so stupid before in not seeing how amazing the person that she is with and how much she loves them and how their relationship is no more overshadowed by trying to get over from someone from her past. So that's going to be the last song on Just the Classics. I'm Emma Banak, and tune in for our brand new music program called Behind the Beats, also hosted by me and featuring lots of modern Taiwanese artists and checking out some really cool tunes.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.